in, Eagles fans, to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Louis DiBiase here joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. Episode 2 of... We're going to record at least 4 this week. If I'm feeling good this weekend, we might do 5. And of course... Three to six episodes a week in the month of June. Now that it is July, however, we will get back to doing at least four to six a week. Download it into your phone on any podcast platform as long as you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are available on those platforms as well as on LockdownEagles.com. Just wanted to take that month, you know, kind of take a, a breather and with not a lot of Eagles news going on, I thought that'd be the right time, but um, still thanks to everybody for tuning into every episode we did uh, in the month of June. I actually thought it was a lot of fun that month, getting creative, doing fun, you know, different episodes. Don't get me wrong, I love the analysis part. I love getting into um, the current Eagles roster and, you know, you know, current day topics. Yesterday, by the way, if you missed yesterday's episode, we were talking about Doug Peterson and how he was laughably ranked number nine on the CBS Sports Top 10 head coaches list. He belongs in at least the top five. Me and Gino got into why on yesterday's show. So I love talking about this modern day version of the Philadelphia Eagles because I think right now it's the golden era of Eagles football, winning a Super Bowl in 2017, making another deep run in 2018, overcoming so many obstacles in 2018 and in 2019 to make the playoffs was just amazing memories. Uh, But at the same time, I really have enjoyed the past couple months after the NFL draft period. Uh, I really loved, you know, taking the time to kind of look back throughout Eagles history and do that what if series, do the all time Eagles draft, which we did last week, myself, Gino, Lars, and our good friend, Jordan Hanskin, we did an Eagles fantasy draft with any Eagle from any era available. We built a lineup of offensive and defensive stars throughout Eagles history. And what we're going to do, this is what I did all day before the podcast is I'm putting the rosters into Madden. We're going to simulate those. We're not going to play because I think, (laughs) I don't know. I I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think that's fair because I know I'm a superior Madden player to somebody like uh, Jordan who doesn't play as often, but maybe not as much as Lars. So I don't know. I feel like it's kind of unfair if, you know, Jordan has the stronger roster right now, which according to you guys on Twitter, we did a preseason favorite uh, poll before the simulation start. And Jordan actually has right now the, the favorite team of the Lockdown Eagles listeners. But I don't know. And then I wouldn't think it's fair if his roster is superior, but I'm just a clearly uh, a better player of Madden, the video game itself, and then he loses because of that. So we're going to do a simulation where we're going to watch the computers do it, and uh, that will be dropping next week on YouTube on our Lockdown Eagles YouTube page. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at DiBiaseLOE for that information. We At first, I was thinking about putting them in the modern-day Madden NFL 20 on the PS4, but... I don't know. I started to get nostalgic. I started to play. I've been playing a lot of PlayStation 2 throughout this quarantine period, throughout social distancing. And I thought it'd be cool, actually, to put all the rosters, all the players from now, uh, from old Eagles eras, into Madden 2004. And I know Jordan has Michael Vick, and we talked about this during the all-time Eagles draft, that maybe we wouldn't do Madden 04 because Vick is kind of like the the Bo Jackson of Tecmo Bowl. Vick is like that in Madden 2004 where he's unstoppable. So I am going to adjust to Vic's overall rating just a little bit so he isn't just unstoppable, right, where you, you can't beat Michael Vick and that team, especially with how good Hanskin has built up his offensive line, his, you know, offensive weapons, he wouldn't lose a single game. So that that's going to drop next week, so make sure to uh, 
hang out on Twitter with me uh, all week and uh, make sure you get updates on that. Coming up on today's edition of the podcast, we're going to kind of take a trip down memory lane again. We're going to talk about Randall Cunningham again, but it parallels to a very big NFL topic that it's finally some big news we have around the league this week. The New England Patriots finally... Um, stopped with this whole Jarrett Stidham facade and they stopped pretending to be committed to him as their starter in 2020, which I always thought was absolutely nuts. And they signed a former MVP, to me, if healthy, still a top 10 quarterback in the league that was somehow available in the month of June because of you know injury questions, but also because a lot of teams are, I think, insecure about their quarterback situation. They're insecure about their young quarterback. They simply don't think they're better than Cam Newton, who signed with the New England Patriots this week. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think you look at teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Chicago Bears, even though they traded for Nick Foles, the New England Patriots, I thought were doing this before they signed Cam. A lot of the teams that have young quarterbacks that they're not exactly sold on, but they haven't given up yet. They just do not want to sign Cam Newton because they know the minute Cam comes in there, like he is a star. He's bigger. He's too big to be a backup. He, they know the locker room is going to gravitate towards him. And the minute like a Mitchell Trubisky starts to struggle again, which he will if he even beats out Nick Foles for the starting job, you know Cam Newton is going to take over that job. So he's almost too good, and that's why he was a free agent, which I thought was nuts. Again, it's kind of almost revealing that you think – a quarterback is way better than your starter, and that's why you don't want them. I think that kind of is your answer for your situation. Again, though, unless you're hanging on by a thread like the Bears are with a guy like Trubisky. So uh, Cam Newton finds the one spot that he is the unquestioned starter in New England, and I love the fit. I started to think about that fit and his career path, really, over the last uh, nine years. From the time in 2011 he was drafted first overall by the Carolina Panthers to now, right? Winning MVP in 2015, making the Super Bowl, uh, starting off hot again in 2018, right? He handed the Eagles that devastating loss where he converts that 4th and twelve. If, if that doesn't happen, the Eagles win that football game. One of those games over the past couple of years where... You know, you just want that one back. It bothers you so much that the Eagles blew it, right? It was that game in 2018, also uh, against the Tennessee Titans. And then last year, it was like, you know, the Sunday Night Football game week two against Atlanta, the following week against Detroit, uh, later on in the season in week uh, 13 against the Miami Dolphins. So it was one of those games. Cam Newton and the Panthers start off 6-2, and two, but then he gets hurt. So it's been a very uh, up-and-down career for Cam Newton. Mostly ups throughout the majority of it, but lately it's been some, you know, again, a lot of high highs, but there's been a lot of low lows lately. And it started because I'm doing a radio show this week in Buffalo, um, and of course the Bills are in the AFC East, and we're going to be talking about all day on One Bills Live, uh, filling in for Steve Tasker. Well, you know how that's going to impact the Bills and their chances of winning the AFC East. Like, just how good are the Patriots with Cam Newton? So I'm thinking about all these Cam Newton talking points, trying to compare him to you know players of the past and just this this path he's taken throughout his career and what it's similar to. And that got me to think of the What If podcast I did a, a month ago with Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports pertaining to Randall Cunningham, and it's pretty eerie how similar these two their career paths have been and it's pretty ironic because these are two players that are compared to each other all of the time right these are two of the top five most mobile the best scrambling quarterbacks in NFL history outside of I would say you know the top three is Michael Vick 
Randall Cunningham and Cam Newton right now. I think Lamar Jackson, when it's all said and done, will also be in there. But like those are, you know, Cam and Randall Cunningham are two of the top five uh, mobile quarterbacks in NFL history. Cunningham had the most quarterback rushing yards up until 2011 when Michael Vick broke it with the Eagles. Newton has the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback ever. They're big bodied strong arms, the strongest in the league, I think top five uh, when they were playing in their prime, Cam still to me, and also Randall Cunningham. They're fast, and they're just, they're crazy talents, right, with incredible upside that if you build around, I mean, they can elevate any kind of talent around them, but if you build the right way around them, you should be winning championships, and yet they, you know, Cunningham didn't, and Cam Newton has only come close in 2015, and a lot of the issues as to why Cunningham never fully met that potential, why he didn't have as much success when it comes to the win-loss column. Um, And the same thing with Cam Newton. It's really a lot of the same issues have occurred throughout both of their careers as to why it did not go the way that it should have when you talk about just, again, the unique generational talents that really are. And that's what I'm going to get into uh, coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, the parallels of Cam Newton's career to Randall Cunningham's. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back in, everybody, to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase here joining you, riding solo for the day. Gino Camilleri will be back tomorrow when we get into current and past Eagles that maybe are up next to be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Uh, this will be a fun debate that we get into. I think we'll agree with most of them, but there are some players that are on the fringe that I've been debating with um, some other people about that we'll get into tomorrow in an extensive episode. So again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we got at least four to six episodes a week being downloaded into your phone on any platform. Today we're getting into um, obviously the big signing this week, the big news across the NFL outside of the Patriots and uh, Spygate number two, which they conveniently um, had the, the punishment announced right at the same time as them announcing what we're talking about today, and it's the fact that they signed quarterback Cam Newton to be their starter in 2020. By the way, anybody that says Stidham still has a chance, I think is absolutely nuts. The only way that happens if Cam just really still isn't healthy, his ankle isn't the same, you know, his shoulder isn't the same, but I think he's going to be healthy, and I think he's going to be a stud for the Patriots in 2020. I picked Lamar Jackson last year, and I think March to win MVP, and it turned out uh, to be exactly what happened. I'm going to ride that magic again, try to go two for two here in 2020. I think Cam Newton's going to win MVP this year. Hear me now, believe me later. Of course, I hope it's somebody like Carson Wentz, but I don't like to pick Eagles to win it. Um, I, I mean, I genuinely, unless I genuinely do believe it, I think Carson Wentz will be an MVP candidate in 2020, but I think Cam Newton is, is going to win it this year. Um, and I don't know, thinking about Cam and his career path, you know, where he's come from since being the first overall pick by the Panthers in 2011, winning MVP in 2015 and making the Super Bowl to all the injuries he's dealt with now. And then the Panthers getting rid of him and going with another one of my guys in Teddy Bridgewater, but nonetheless, like giving up on Cam at just 31 years old. It's a lot of the same, you know, events that have occurred that really happened to Randall Cunningham throughout his career. I mean, it's it's super interesting because again, these two players are so similar. Uh, they're two of the best mobile quarterbacks in NFL history. Just like if you were building a quarterback in the lab, just physically, when it comes to their their physical gifts, Cam Newton and Randall Cunningham are two of the main guys that would come out of that lab. Um, and it's interesting because again, they their their careers have kind of gone a similar way. And neither one 
has really met that potential when it comes to competing for championships year after year when their talent says they should be doing that. But both had to deal with the same external issues uh, that have prohibited them from doing that. Cam Newton has had, and I will say before, you know, I, I do say that him and Cunningham, like they haven't gotten to the the winning that they should have considering their physical gifts. I will say, however, though, Cam Newton has had a much better career than people give him credit for. Yeah, he missed the playoffs his first two years in the NFL, but after that, Carolina was one of the best teams in the NFC for five years. They went uh, to the playoffs four or five seasons, starting in 2013, making the playoffs. Again, Cam won MVP, leading the Panthers to a 15-1 and record in 2015, and they made the Super Bowl, losing to the Denver Broncos. But even, like again, like 2013, when it all started, they had a bye week that year. Uh, the, the, the following year, I know they were, what, 7-8-1, and and they beat Ryan Lindley in the playoffs, which isn't too impressive, but they gave Seattle a run for their money in the divisional round for a chance to get to the NFC title, and then again, they make it to the Super Bowl the following year. Then in 2016, they struggled, but 2017, they get back to 11-5, and and uh, they make the playoffs with Cam Newton healthy. And then in 2018, before Cam got hurt, right, he had that uh, bad shoulder injury, they were 6-2, and two, and he was finally having a, a season where he put it all together inside the pocket from an accuracy standpoint in the short and intermediate area. So Cam Newton, I will say, before I get into the external issues he's had to deal with, much like Cunningham, he, he has had a much better career um, winning-wise than people, I think, like to give him credit for. But like Cunningham, the same external forces prohibited him from getting to multiple conference championships and multiple Super Bowls and really seriously competing for titles year after year. Like Cunningham, Newton did have an elite defense. So let me just say that out front. I mean, Carolina had one of the best linebacking uh, duos the NFL has seen in a long time with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. And then they draft Shaq Thompson. Um, you know, he had a great Front four, Mario Addison, Charles Johnson, Kwan Short, uh, Starlo Tolele for a while, uh, Julius Peppers, you know, a couple times in uh, his two stints with the Panthers. But at the same time, you look at the offensive side of the football, they didn't really have any help outside of a really good tight end, right? Cunningham had Keith Jackson throughout his career in Philadelphia. Um, they had average running back play, both of them. You know, Keith Byers and uh, uh, Charlie Garner, Herschel Walker later on in his career for Cunningham. Cam Newton had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Like, pretty solid. I would say mid-tier running running back groups. But for the most part, I think Cunningham and Newton made their running backs because they were such dynamic running threats in their own right. So both had great defenses. Cunningham, I think, had the best ever in 1991. Of course, he got hurt though. But because their organization was built so much on defense from a personnel standpoint and also coaching, right? Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera played for uh, in Chicago, he played for Randall Cunningham's head coach in Philadelphia, Buddy Ryan, who was all about defense. And while, yeah, he built a historically good, perhaps the best defensive unit ever, the offensive side of the football, I think both teams kind of ignored, right? Cunningham, he never, he always had to elevate the, the talent around him so much, much like Cunningham, or I'm sorry, much like Cam has had to do. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton has only really had good weapons and a good offensive coaching staff in 2018 before he got hurt, right? When they were 6-2, and two, he had Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, Norv Turner in his first year as offensive coordinator with the Panthers, and it took seven years into his career to get that. Randall Cunningham 
yeah, he had Keith Jackson, he had Chris Carter for a couple years, but Chris Carter didn't become a Hall of Famer until his Minnesota days, right? Mike Quick was an older player by the time Cunningham got into his prime, and he kept getting injured. So the only thing Randall Cunningham really had to work with from a passing standpoint outside of Keith Jackson on a consistent year-to-year basis was Fred Barnett, you know, Calvin Williams. It was pretty underwhelming, and that's the same thing with Cam Newton. Cam Newton won an MVP and made a Super Bowl while throwing to Ted Ginn Jr., uh, a 1,000-year-old Jericho Cotchery, Philly slash Corey Brown, and Greg Olson. I mean, Cam Newton took that team to a 15, and again, great defense, but the team wasn't good enough as a whole to go 15-1 and and be the number one scoring offense in the league and make a Super Bowl. That was all Cam Newton elevating that team, much like I think Randall Cunningham did a lot of the time. And um, now, Newton's kind of seeing that, like, Cunningham and Minnesota like career rejuvenation hopefully where both had to deal with you know a lot of injuries um, for a couple years Randall Cunningham from 91 to 95 really just could not stay healthy until the Eagles finally called it quits Cam Newton the same thing right he suffers that really serious shoulder injury in 2018 and then a Liz Frank injury last year and for a guy that thrives on throwing the football down the field and running the football, that was pretty concerning. Um, same thing with Cunningham. He kind of lost a lot of his mobility there before he went to Minnesota because of all the leg injuries that he suffered. But then you saw Cunningham go to Minnesota, where he finally was in a good situation offensively. He had two Hall of Fame wide receivers to throw to, right? He had Chris Carter, and this time it was the elite version of Chris Carter. The Chris Carter in Philadelphia, not nearly the same player as the one in Minnesota. And he had one of the best receivers of all time on the opposite side in a young Randy Moss. And so you saw Cunningham finally have a, also a great offensive coaching staff as well. And uh, you saw him get to the NFC title game, and he was a missed field goal away from making a Super Bowl. You saw him improve as a passer when he finally had a great coaching staff and good offensive personnel to throw the football to. And I think you're going to see that happen with Cam Newton. I think you were seeing that Cunningham and Minnesota-like development in 2018 when, again, Cam finally, it took seven years, but he finally had... You know, these receivers that weren't like giants that just cannot create separation, right? The Panthers thought, because Cam was a little bit inaccurate, they'll go with these giant frames, like a Kelvin Benjamin and a Devin Funches, right? They took them in the first round in 2014. Devin Funches, I think, was a second-round pick in 2015 or also maybe 2016. So, and that, that didn't work. They never had guys that could separate. Finally, in 2018, they have McCaffrey, they have DJ Moore, they have Curtis Samuel, they have Norv Turner running the offense, And then Cam gets hurt, which is super unfortunate. Both had to deal with injuries. I think, though, you're going to see what happened with Cunningham in Minnesota. I think you're going to see that similar thing happen to Newton um, in New England. Because much like Norv Turner was perfect for Cam in 2018, I think that same thing um, is going to happen here with Josh McDaniels, who runs the Patriots offense. You've seen Josh McDaniels have quarterbacks who really aren't that good thrive in his offense, right? Matt Castle with Josh McDaniels in 2009 went 11-5. Jimmy Garoppolo went undefeated as a starter when Tom Brady was suspended under Josh McDaniels. Even Jacoby Brissett looked pretty good under Josh McDaniels. I think Cam Newton comes in and while... Yeah, he doesn't have what he had in Carolina in 2018 or what Cunningham had in Minnesota in 98. But he does have a great offensive mind in Josh McDaniels. He has 
Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, Nikhil Harry in year two, James White, Sony Michelle. I mean, it's not better than the Panthers offense in 2018, but it's certainly better than the offensive personnel Cam's had outside of that throughout his career with the Panthers. So I think you're going to see Cam Newton have a very uh, Cunningham and Minnesota-like second career almost in the NFL. It's really crazy how similar the career paths of these two players are. And they're two of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. And I'm really hoping for Newton's sake that uh, he does stay healthy. I mean, he's only 31 years old. Again, I know those injuries are so serious for a quarterback of his style, a shoulder injury and a, a Liz Frank injury with his ankle, but he's 31 and this is 2020. If Cunningham suffered those injuries, but he had the medical attention that technology has provided now, like 30 years later, I think Cunningham could have been um, a better version physically of himself and maybe could have kept more of that mobility. Louis DiBiase here joining you on this Thursday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, talking about Cam Newton and Randall Cunningham. These two, uh, their career paths are very similar, and we'll continue to get into that. Coming up next, right here on Lockdown Eagles. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back in to the Lockdown Eagles podcast, this Wednesday edition of the show. Wrapping up, Pod, uh, getting into how Cam Newton... Uh, his career path is so similar to former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback and one of the the fan base's favorite players of all time, Randall Cunningham. When you just talk about how these two just kind of blew up on the scene instantly, right, where they were just these athletic freaks with crazy strong arms and just defenses, they were having nightmares trying to game plan for these two, right? And, you know, both had MVP-like seasons for Cunningham in 1990, Newton won it in 2015, but they also, you know, for as talented as they were and as much as they consistently got to the playoffs, they didn't have as much success in the postseason because of a lot of external factors when it comes to weapons, when it comes to the coaching staff, and then finally injuries. It's a very similar path. And I think, you know, again, Cunningham, he needed to get cut by the Eagles. The Eagles had given up on him. He needed to get into that situation with the Vikings, with Randy Moss and Chris Carter to really meet his full potential as a passer, right? Where Cam, I think, is going to do the same thing, and he was already on that path in 2018. And the difference, though, however, is Cam, I think, is going to keep way more of his mobility than Cunningham had at the time in 1998, right? Randall, I don't even think he surpassed 200 rushing yards that year. Whereas Cam this year, again, I know he's coming off a Liz Frank injury, but he's had an entire year to recover from that. He's had two years now to recover from that shoulder injury. I think you're going to see that similar career rejuvenation. For me, to the point, again, I know he doesn't have crazy good weapons in New England, but I think he has enough. I think he has more in 2015 and a much better offensive mind in Josh McDaniels to help him, to propel him back into the MVP conversation. I really think that's going to happen in 2020. Not to mention he has the best defensive mind ever as his head coach in Bill Belichick and a defense that's going to keep you in football games. They lost a lot of um, key pieces there, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Jamie Collins, but they still have, to me, the best secondary in the league, led by CB1, Stephon Gilmore. They still have Donta Hightower. I really like their draft picks with Kyle Duggar and Joshua Uche on day two. You know, as a rover, uh, Duggar, that is, is like a Swiss Army knife, and Joshua Uche on the edge. I still think that defense is going to allow Cam to do what he does best and, you know, keep them in games in the fourth quarter where Cam Newton has thrived. So I do think, much like Cunningham, 
in Minnesota, you'll see Newton put it together here with the Patriots, put it back together. Because, of course, he was an incredible player before that. Um, but I think you're going to see that, um, that, that Cunningham-like comeback. And I, I'm really excited to see that. He's not in the NFC anymore, so I'm glad I can finally root for Cam on a, uh, on a deeper level because the Eagles played the Panthers a lot, and they would go back and forth. So, um, again, I don't want to assume Cam is you know, shot when it comes to the deep ball, when it comes to mobility. I do think in 2020, a, a player, a person of that physical magnitude at just 31 years old can rebound after two years recovery from one injury and a whole year of another one. I mean, it's no guarantee. And if he is still injured, that's a huge problem for the style of player he is. Um, But if he is, he doesn't even have to get back to 2015 Cam Newton. If he's 2018 Cam Newton with the Patriots, they're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. And again, he elevates teams as does his coaching staff and his new defense. So Cam Newton, Randall Cunningham, very similar players. So much, two of the most fun quarterbacks to ever watch, um, and their career paths have uh, have gone down very similar. And I'm hoping for Cam's sake that he uh, he can do what Cunningham did with the Vikings at the end of his career. It's not just Cunningham, by the way. Uh, for some reason, Newton is very similar as well to uh, the Eagles' new physical specimen, just this freak of an athlete, scrambler, big armed, elite quarterback uh, named Carson Wentz, where. The media, a lot of the media, I should say, a lot of fans love to target Newton and throw out these really bad narratives, similarly to Carson Wentz. You know, when it comes to being a leader, right? Everybody thinks Cam Newton is this guy that likes to sulk and, you know, he's a selfish person. The media likes to create that narrative because, you know, after the Super Bowl, he wouldn't answer questions. When to me, it was more so he's just a passionate player and, he just, you know, had the most devastating moment of his sports career happen to him. And uh, the media was pissed off about that, so they created this narrative. When in actuality, you talk to any of his teammates, they all loved Cam Newton as a leader. And I think it's the same thing with Carson Wentz, right? You saw that hit piece a couple years ago um, where I think a couple, I don't even know if they were real Eagle sources, but a couple players were bashing their quarterback. But then any prominent member of the Eagles organization all of the the key players on both offense and defense, after that story came out, questioning Carson Wentz as a leader and as a teammate, they all came out and said, yeah, that story is total BS. So it's super similar, not just Cam Newton and Randall Cunningham, but Cam Newton and Carson Wentz as well. Both are have been two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think top five, at least top 10 throughout their careers. And yet, they're treated like they're just not that, that they're not this superstar in the league um, off the field and on the field. I think they make out Cam Newton to be much worse of a player since 2011 than he is. I think throughout the majority of his career, Cam Newton has been a top 10 quarterback. And there were there was, to me, a four-year stretch there where you can make the argument he was certainly top five. He definitely was in 2015. 2015, he was number one. Um, and uh, yeah, he is just, that's why, although this isn't really uh, an Eagle-centric topic, Cam Newton's career and you know him signing with the Patriots, it just gave out, a lot. And, and me reading about Cam and seeing the fans' reactions in the media, it gave off a lot of Carson Wentz-like vibes and a lot of Randall Cunningham-like vibes. So I thought the parallel was uh, super interesting, and I wanted to talk about it on today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. We will be back tomorrow, myself and Gino. We're going to get into some Hall of Fame talk. Who are the next Philadelphia Eagles in line 
to at least be considered to be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, maybe starting in 2021 or moving forward. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast, so make sure again to subscribe to the show on any platform. If you could, hopefully leave us a five-star rate and a review. Want to know how we're doing with you guys, how you guys like the show. Helps us grow and continue to post you know, four to six episodes a week. And then uh, you can always find our content as well on LockedOnEagles.com. For myself, Lou DiBiase, signing off. This has been the Locked On Eagles podcast, your team every day.